Hi, Neil Brennan. I have a Netflix special called Blocks where I talk about things that are wrong with me. It makes me feel alone in the world. Jimmy Carr had the idea to have my friends on. They talk about what uh, makes them feel alone in the world. And uh, together, we heal the earth. My guest today is not a personal friend. We just met about 20 minutes ago, but Jeez. I think it's going pretty well. Yeah, I think it's going well. <laughs> uh, Other than the not personal friend thing. that was Well, gross. but... I'm not gonna be presumptuous. That's true. I didn't have your number until you called me true. to say, "Hey, where been, are you?" I've been watching your house a little bit, but that's fine. That's, that's fine. on me. That's what the desert's about. The uh, guest is uh, uh, Josh Homme. Now, the what's your like intro? How many Grammys have you been nominated for, and how many have you won? And I've got one, and I've and a bunch of times. But I, who I are you really? You're you're mainly in Queens of the Stone Age, yeah, and you're also in Eagles, Eagles of Death, Death Metal. Metal. And you're working a jealousy plot between those two bands. <laughs> um, who, who, I don't know who. I don't know which practice. Who am I having here. Christmas with? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I knew about you like casually through culture and know your songs and know your videos and all that stuff. But you've been in bands since you were fucking a kid. Yeah, which is like 13, 14. Yeah, twelve was the first show uh, that was without adult supervision. You know, I, like I think you guys rented a space practiced figured it out no the the odd thing about uh being from the des is that the desert the desert yeah they, that, they call it the desert <laughs> the odd thing about being from there is that any attempt for kids to have a good time was met by the boredom of the police being like we finally have something to do this is over and so it chased everyone out into the desert and it chased everyone out to generators and and it created a lawless and what would be completely sort of socially illegal now, like 40-year-olds, 13-year-olds drinking, doing drugs, commingling, yeah. you know, like this is my girlfriend, like with your hand on her boob around the shoulder, that, that kind of, hey, this, man. You're talking about the 70s and 80s, it sounds like. This is in the mid to late 80s. And, and you know, as a young kid, it was scary to go to a place that was so lawless because you had no idea if it was going to be just a you know, a series of fights with Mexicans or if it was going to be, you, you just didn't know what you were going to get. And then, you know, sometimes it's everyone on mushrooms and there's fires in the hills that are controlled. So right. it's incredible. Sometimes so, you know, squeegee that third eye. And then other times it was terrifying. And you didn't know what it was going to be. You never knew yeah. that dice roll. And I think that's what, I still want things to be feral. I think it's because of that childhood attachment to that learning that way well that's what i was going to say about you it was like you've always struck me as feral <laughs> from the outside in <laughs> yeah you were a feral side you're skinny and we talked about it at, when we were getting coffee uh you've gone up and down on weight explain to the people how that how you did that your diet plan <laughs> well you know i've always sort of indulged in a buffet of drugs but there's a lot of there was a lot of crystal for a while sure you know and uh which is from my hometown you know some one of our main exports sure 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 uh and uh and you know i think i always had a fascination with there's so much to do that staying up late i you know look there's nothing cooler than staying up late yeah and it's sort of like you want to dance you want an omelet you want to fix your car but you realize after a while it's like those aren't eggs this car's not broken and there's no music you know <laughs> and so i i just think after a while and just, you snorted you told me you did not smoking apparently is for bridge and tunnel weekenders it's no that's the intro to homelessness 
Oh, that's, the, oh, that's, that's like the, you're just you're you're you're. It's not worth the. Oh the yeah, that's huge exactly kick you get from smoking. You have to snort it. That's There's how you get on the gravity. faces of meth, like Got, sort okay. of portfolio. No, because I had a I dated a woman who used to do meth, and she was like, my skin was never better, and my teeth <laughs> were perfect, and I never lied to myself. <laughs> well, no, she said like you just fuck all the time. That's all you do. Yeah, essentially, unlike cocaine, it's like it's boner town. It puts an S on your chest, but that S is stands for speed. <laughs> Fine, whatever. There's yeah. an, is there an S on my chest or not? It doesn't matter what it's for. It, it sort of leaves you emotionally in a strange spot because you're interested. You're interested, but uh, you're only you kind of it keeps the stone from sinking all the way. You're kind of skipping along the top. You're interested, you're interested but you have no attention span. Right, but you're ready to like. You know, I, 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 feel, I feel I was able to keep my attention span, but also creates a bluntness where you're like, okay, enough of that. Now we're, you know. And you don't, you're like, I can't worry about the, hurting that person's feelings. I don't think it made me cruel by any standard. It's just, I love to to talk and listen, engage in that back and forth. But um, it's certainly, it, you keep your eye on the prize and you, and you put these kind of emotional blinders on, I think. And frankly, I realized that that, it played into my workaholic nature. And you said you never missed a meeting, meaning you were able to do meth off and on for 16 years. Yeah. 16 and glorious years. <laughs> and you were a functioning. I was a high functioning guy. You know, I, I, I did, you know, business and didn't spend a lot, didn't spend a lot of money, didn't have any, didn't wreck any cars, didn't do, you know, um, I just felt like, like I was leaning forward the whole time and really frankly enjoyed it so much of the time you know I don't I gotta say from the outside in faces of meth stuff aside if I could like pause my life and do it for a while I would do it yeah I mean I think that's that's it's real it's real tractor beam is it's difficulty to sort of exit from I bet yeah you know that's it's got like a four percent Right. So once you get involved in that life, it's it's very difficult. And, and that's and, including snorting. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. What you. Yeah. I mean, I think that the main difference would be like smoking just degenerates you so much. You go through so much more of it and it's just you start wearing it immediately. And, you know, to, to my experience, that snorting it or parachuting it, as they would call it, to swallow something like is more of a slow burn. But you're are you high still speed. kind of burning up a lot of life force? Yeah, I mean, I, I always reckon I knew that you're stealing the years at the end of your life to to pressure them, like right. create a diamond in the pressure. That right. was the hope. Yeah. You know, but the, but also those are kind of the, those are the rationales you tell yourself a bit. And I also realized I was really covering up a lot of my own blocks. You know, I really was sincerely um, trying to put a callus wherever it hurt. Okay, well, that's what I want to, that's why you're here. You have an album out. That doesn't Queens matter. Though. That, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an album out. Go and, and whatever. You, fucking, people can do stuff. Let the algorithm do what it's going to do. <laughs> uh, let the algorithm speak. <laughs> Somebody said the fucking funniest thing to me recently. I met a guy on an elevator in New York and he goes, he goes, yeah, you come on my algorithm sometimes. What's your name? And it was like, that's what it is. That's not but like it was I just saw him you saying on, you came all over my algorithm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Uh, but just that's where this, what it is now. It's like, yeah, you got in my algorithm. Right. But why are all the words for it so disgusting? It's like, you got to check my feed. 
Where you're like, man, <laughs> I don't you put it like that. I don't unhook check the your bag from around your ears. What? Okay, so you you said that you didn't do any self help stuff till about five years ago. So it seems like you were just living in a haphazard way. Well, and it was uh, frankly, I was like, it's working for me. I'm able to get myself. Right. I'm able to get myself off for long stretches of time. How long? Uh, it would be like four months. You yeah, know, five months and and was was it, and it difficult? Was all or it was it like was, well, it was of course it's increasingly difficult, it, and so it would be on purpose. It would say in order to justify my next camping trip, so to speak. He called it camping. <laughs> in order to justify this, I need to, you know. Also, it's like I would be home, and I would be a father, and I wouldn't be on tour, and so I would be like, this is not. I need to show myself I have this control. And so I was kind of always flexing on my own psyche that way. And there I I I want to pause and say I get a perverse pleasure from deprivation. Yeah. I, I did like and I, it sounds like you did too. Like that yeah. sort of like like there's something biblical about like in the des in the des like, you know. Yeah, and I I guess I romanticize my own ideals anyways. And so romanticizing like I can take it, I can do this, and this is the right thing to do in this moment, and then I can choose to stay off if I want to. It's like somehow running myself through the paces of you got to earn this. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I would be playing music this long anyways, and so it comes to be that, you know, it's also like you got to earn this too, and this is art, and you got to, you know, you have to or take it like, on the chin, you know. Yeah, it's, everything's a trial by fire. Well, and I've, I've always, I've always loved my own blood and spit and scars and things like that. And so, not only the, uh, it's also the degradation of it too. Right. Like this mutual degradation amongst what's a little blood amongst friends. This is how we do something amazing. To do something classic, you have to do something classic. And what's fucked up i still believe that you know i still uh, well, what's believe funny that. is that reads in your work and it also reads in the fans it feels like a lot of people believe it and they're it like your sort of genre has so many visual trappings tattoos there's like a low rider thing yeah vampires somehow <laughs> long beach there's like this pile from the outside in i'm like oh that's they're all into it yeah, you know, it's doing that thing that that is very jumbo shrimp. It's like trying to get an, a group of individuals. It's trying to take from a bunch of little cliques and unite them all and and admit I don't want all of you. I just want some of you. What's funny is even though I've sort of omitted or, or not omitted, but sort of extracted speed from the my conversation or my lifestyle anymore, the ideals remain the same. Those things are unchanged. It's just more dealing with them head on mm -hmm. and being. And not allowing Crystal to be part of that truth. Right. Like, my solution starts here. Hit it, Gary. Bring those lines over. It's just yeah. not... It, because I, I, I realized that how much I was running from things instead of... I felt like I was taking them head on. And I, and I was colliding well, yeah, with because things, it is... You know? There is something brutal about it. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's a brutal lifestyle. You know? But it's... There's, like, a cool... There's, like, a cool... It's, you know, it's like the glamour of you know bukowski and and yeah and the and the salt and sea yeah and and like the fringe of life its entry point is the fringe of life and so joshua tree and and to to feel like you're escaping you look no further than where you're already standing you know you're in this location and and the mental location 
of the fringe from the start. And so it becomes really simple to make art or really not simple, joyous to make art there because you feel like you're living the art. You're, you're already outside. Yeah. You're an outside. Like yeah, and, everyone and there the is The tough part outsider. is the romantic side of that because yeah. again, as I said, I was like, I, my ideals like fairness and justice and, and love and revenge and the, the perfection and, and, you know, you know, forgiveness that I romanticize those because that's what, that's what we kind of do is, you know, you're, you know, I, I need to believe that it's real. So it doesn't feel silly. Yeah. Know? But also when you do stuff like speed, you really deny what hurts, you know, you really, and you're doing a psychotic, you know, and, and so it is a psychotic, I mean, it, it is a psychotic. And so you're, what you're doing is encouraging what I really learned in the last five years is that anger is the sword I hold in a hand which is hurt, right? So when I would feel insecure or scared, afraid to do something um, or challenged by that, sometimes my reaction is anger, you know, which really doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, it's a fight or flight mechanism, I guess, right. but it doesn't make sense in the solution. Like, I'm scared, so the first thing I'm going to do is get really pissed off. Yeah, chance to be well, the very first putting yeah. gambit. Smoking crystal seems like a badass, hardcore thing snort. to do. Snort. I'm sorry. Snort oh, again. Again, I'm guys, not... don't smoke it. Snort it. Uh, if you take nothing away, if you stop it right now, <laughs> snort it. Um, I beg of you, sir, <laughs> sir. Um, hear my words. Here, listen to me. You listen to me. <laughs> Uh, it seems like a badass thing to do. It seems brave. It seems, but it's a complete avoidance. Yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate way to sort of be over-sexualized and 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 heightened at all levels, except for your emotional dexterity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like talk about being emotionally unlimber, and 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 also getting off the the depression associated with getting off and taking those breaks. So you're. You're constantly heave hoeing on your. How long would the depression last when you quit? The full four months, or would it be a couple weeks? Yeah, I mean yeah. a couple weeks heavily, you know, and 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 you're really taffing out your depression so it's wide and, you know, it's uh and it hurts, it hurts, and it's uh, it's, you know, as you know, like when you can't seem to get around it, or away from it, when it feels like it's all over you. Yeah, and um. Like when it's in the eggs you're making, yeah, you're like gooey. Eggs. It's fucking under your nail. You're just like, yeah, get this shit off me. Yeah, there's it's it, when you find the the joylessness in like fucking eggs. You know, you're just <laughs> fucking eggs again. <laughs> yeah, you motherfuckers. But it's 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 a hundred percent real. So there's no way, you know. And then plus, when you drain the ocean of that and that chemical depression side goes away, you're still left with what was there from the beginning. What made you start to actually do the work. What made you start to actually think about your real problems, not your relationship with Crystal? Snort it. Well, I, I I always was hoping that there. I knew there would be something someday that would be like that's the wall, and I hoped that that thing would be something where someone would say, "If you now's the time, or you could die, but it didn't involve dying." <laughs> you know, yeah. you wish for that perfect wall right a soft a Fake soft brick. bottom yeah a soft rock bottom right brick. and also you know i there's guys like iggy who you know was a, a pariah at times and a junkie notorious wild man who, who 
has managed when I when I worked with him, I talked to him extensively. Like, how did you get to the spot where you have he has one bottle of wine with dinner at night and that's it? And how do you how do you manage this? How do you because I always felt I have the ability to exhibit those kinds of controls, but I'm not a control freak. I just my preference would be to not have it go out of control. And so I'd rather just try to do that. You know, I don't I'm not like it must be is this way or nothing, you know. So I think I just, my family, you know, I I was mostly spending my time on tour. That was my way of coping on tour. Doing I, drugs. Yeah. And then I would come home and, and it also, it created, it exacerbated that feral nature, nature in me, which I was like, makes the shows more unpredictable. And it does. <laughs> and I never knew what I was going to do. Nobody yeah. else knew. And it could be blood and it could be flowers and it just did and i loved rolling the dice like that the, the risk and then it just became like unmanageable yeah well then it just was like man hurts it just hurts my body hurt my my mind hurt and um the push and pull of going on and off that that felt like a job type job and right and and i i and, and it was like how many times will i put myself through this and the reason is, what, what's the fucking reason? There's no reason, you know? And Well, uh, you've done it before. There's your reason. Yeah, sure. Well, and it was like, and and I'm actually gaining enough knowledge to do it better now. Yeah, you know, I've thought about it. I'm an expert here. Yeah. Hi, Neil Brennan here. Uh, you know, I was just in Mexico City, gang. You know me, you follow my travels. And I use NordVPN down there. Because there were things I wanted to watch that I needed to be in America to watch, including, I don't want to get too specific, but TV shows, sporting events, you know, I like basketball, or a streaming service that I stream on. Another thing that I didn't know, if you're in a different country, you can get different airline rates, which I kind of think I did accidentally while I was in Mexico. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month. It's a low cost for huge savings that you'll get. You'll reap those rewards pretty much immediately. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to Nord, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash Neil, N-E-A-L, to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one extra month on top. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to NordVPN slash nail to save today. Let's do some blocks real quick. The first one, managing loss. Explain that. Um, what are your big losses? My dad is a, a really great guy, but every parent is, you know, you as a kid, you you your folks doing their very best they can do are doing damage that they don't understand mm -hmm. and, and that's just what every parent does and it's it's not their fault and it's not yours either it's just this is the traverse of life yeah and and my dad's always been a workaholic and so working and and he's always been like uh he has such a great moral compass you know like we should do what's right and all i got from that was like set aside how you feel and get involved in doing what the situation asks for to make the situation right as a, yeah. as a whole. And then we'll deal with your emotions later. That's, that's what I got from that, you know? Yeah. 
And if I, at all, maybe yeah. later, maybe we'll forget. Well, and I, I think you just sort of start frisbing them into a pile on the back mm -hmm. burner. And I um, was very close with my grandparents that are tattooed in my hands. And it's, it was very close. And, and when they'd pass and they passed, you know, it was like, there's things to do. We need to, you know, I never registered or any grief there because it was another frisbee on the pile, you know. And, and um, put your head down and work. And when you don't know what to do, if you've got so many problems, help someone else with theirs. That's, you know, uh, put your head down and go. And so I just did that. And I think Speed really helped me to do that. Again, Speed, thank you. You know, <laughs> brought to you by. Brought to you by. <laughs> snort, snort, well, snort, and, snort. and in the last seven years or so, sort of starting with, with Tony Bourdain, who's, it just got me, <laughs> that got me good, you know. And and I. Close friend? A good buddy. Yeah. And and, uh, and Eagles Death Metal got attacked at the Bataclan. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people there. That was so much like two phones talking to the FBI and the, you know, the special force of France to get people home. And just it was just like there was no time to to sort of uh, get your head around what was going on, you know, because there was so much work to be done. Right. And it was important. And also protecting everyone that was that made it, you know, too, yeah. from the world, from this, you know, geopolitical mind fuck mm -hmm. for a rock band to be. yeah it's like you know and uh as a musician we we die young so it's like then all of a sudden whether it's taylor or mark lanigan who used to sing with us and uh, my best friend rio hackford was, it's just the best person it's just too young at 52 to the two little ones you know and, and uh, um and you realize like hey, hitler had to kill himself that guy was a total asshole it's like you have people that would switch Really, this guy had to kill himself, and and you're gone, and you know, the frustration and the, um, the sort of pushing unfairness. It, yeah, the unfairness and the, you know, those those stages of grief where you're bargaining, like, what can I do? There must be something I can do. There's got to be a way. I thought my my way out of and into things. That there must be a way. This I've never learned so much as I have in the last five years. You know. And everyone went through so much. And I, I, too, went through a lot of stuff. It really took till the last year or so to just get to the acceptance part. Did you take time off? Yeah, I took a lot of grief. I chose to in the last five years in particular, which I suppose had a certain level of convenience because the world was... was we all did. Yeah, and, and so it, it somehow aligned with that. Yeah, but it also left everyone, and certainly me, choiceless. It was time to sit in it. Mm. There was nowhere to to go. Yep. You know, I've always been into big change, but I've always been the agent of that big change so much of the time. And this was big change that that kept happening. Where it doesn't well, matter. Well, uh, and are you changing? Or are you administering change? Yeah. Well, I think when ones? you're administrating, you think you you think that you're you're changing, but really you're sort of moving geographical locations or mental geography mm -hmm. and and thinking that's a grand change and it's like no you're about to reveal yourself to a bunch of new people or something yeah. akin to that you know yeah but this was different because it was all these situations where essentially it doesn't matter if you like it or not this is here and there's nothing you can do about it and so you can have as many wishes as you want or as many bargaining chips as you want but they're of no use here now and so that just takes first admitting the reality of where you're, where you're at, you know, and and you know I have I have three little ones and and I just 
they're my they're my favorite thing <laughs> and so being around them and seeing that life cycle in someone small that lives in your house so short people that live in my house mm-hmm. and and people who I wish so desperately were still here and they're just not and it took I mean it was a lot of work in the last five years and just sitting sitting in it sitting in it did you write about it did you think about it did you how did you process it I tried I did a little bit of this EMDR stuff mm-hmm. which I actually quite liked yeah it's great because it it had actually some data backing up about what I get to do. reality <laughs> I I've somehow feel like I need it can't just be like I said I romanticize my ideals I want to take a leap of faith but it can't just be mumbo jumbo yeah because then I just feel duped like I've, well, yeah. Like I bought the elixir work, from a carnival bar. What did you think? And if it does work, you can't. You'd never Compared believe that it worked. Compared to what? Yeah, yeah. like uh, there's no reference point for yeah. that. I really, I enjoyed the MDR, and I, and I think really, because I couldn't write about it, and I couldn't start playing because I was just too. Do you journal anything like that? I, I, I do. I, well, I write, and I, and I, and my notebooks are a bit journal, a bit. Um, you know, complain board, uh-huh. a bit appreciation station, yep. and a bit poetry, mm-hmm. and a bit re- remembering stories, and 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 hoping for future ones. You know, and so they're a real mission. Well, tell that, me, what do you mean by remembering stories? Well, sometimes you know, if I have a memory, I, I'm not much for nostalgia because it kind of makes me feel bad so for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I look back and I and I tend to remember only the good stuff, and I so I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. And I think that's part of what I've had to learn to deal with in managing loss is that it's okay to, that's all I've got of lots of these people now is memories. So if I'm not willing to be nostalgic, then I'm icing out these people that I love, you know. And I also learn like I, I can still love them now. You know, I don't have to stop loving someone because they're not here. And, and, and in that way, I guess I, I it makes me feel good because it makes me feel like I'm sort of celebrating what I knew, you know, about them, you know. So you will write a memory. Yeah. In your journal. Yeah. Of like the time me and Tony or me and Taylor me. Yeah. Me and re- like, and especially when they're brutal. <laughs> like I said before, I just love willful stupidity because we're agreeing like, let's do this. Yeah. Let's jean shorts, everyone. Let's rock, you know. And, and I... So I, you know, a stupid walk through New Orleans with Rio, you yeah, know, uh, on a night that should be forgotten, and it's like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to admit that instead, and I won't. And, I, and instead, I won't forget that, you know. Like we did something regrettable, lamentable, yeah. but we did it, and I can't pretend we didn't. And yeah, it's just and as- I'm so glad the police were cool. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that would be a good name for your memoir. <laughs> um, what did you come away with? It's managing loss. Is it about admitting more admit just facing it? Well, you know, I've always been telling myself and, and, and to some degree doing a fairly good job of being in the moment. And I think my drug of choice also kept you locked in your moment. Yeah. It's like you're right here. You're really there standing on the ground so hard (laughs) at the expense perhaps of the other worlds you really do live in it's like you know almost to the neglect of that yeah but i've always 
you know, tried to be a bit of a Nowist. And, and I, I think in managing the loss, you know, something I would have perhaps thought was cheesy before, which is like appreciation. I realize that's my own fear and insecurity and like, how could there possibly be something wrong with appreciating the moment you're in? Things like appreciation suffer from like the Borat, Wayne's World, Rick James <laughs> thing, which is everyone says my wife, everybody says Schwing, everybody says I'm Rick James, bitch. Those three things are fucking excellent on their own. Yeah, yeah. But then they get people just, they like it too much and they just say it too much and it becomes annoying. It, beca- it starts to represent something else. What appreciation, gratitude, those things are great. The problem is they just ended up on too many doilies and magnets and goofy. Yeah, like right next to it's wine 30 or this is mommy (laughs) juice, right? That's exactly right. (laughs) The bad marketing aside of that, my realization that appreciation is something I do with myself. It's something silent that, um, and, and and silence and patience and quiet you know when when you're facing a tsunami of difficulty and complexity that feels so hard to untangle to even begin to try to participate in getting somewhere good against all this static you know the whole new queen's record is simply is a walking through these kind of stages of grief and 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 hallelujah and coming to a spot where you say um, where you identify what the reality really is and and can accept that you the you have a block here disbelief that's it, been my biggest one but, to deal with yeah but that's what I'm disbelief of the thing about acceptance is it's infinite trust yeah. on your part to accept something to yeah. think that something is it's right that Tony died yeah it's right that Taylor was supposed to just all these things you're like how is that possible yeah. It's such a leap of faith. It is, and, and and disbelief in its deep down at the bottom sense, not just the the dollar store disbelief where it's like, well, man, I just fucking can't believe it. I just can't believe it. It's not, it's, it's, it's the hard part has been like, there must be a way. There's got to be a way. Even with my own drug use and stuff like that, it's not like I, I never really, you know, there wasn't too much collateral damage and stuff. And so... It's almost like a charmed existence yeah. through that with minimal damage. And and so that leads you to believe that you can do that forever. But that's just not the way. That's just not it's realistic. Not it's not sustainable. Yeah. And and what it really meant is I was storing up emotion for years in a dam that when it cracked, it almost killed me. You know, when that dam cracked and I was a broken guy. What did broken guy look like? I went to rehab not for drugs and alcohol at that point because I had been uh, they, they were more like uh, just because I wanted to take myself out you know I was ready to go like suicidal thoughts plan yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and then you were like all right this is not good I get it it wasn't it wasn't that it was like and I'd never had a suicidal thought in my life it was just it was so this was it was such a new experience to to understand Tony <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so mad at him to understand him all of a sudden and, and to be like, oh, I got it, I, I see. So every second is like an hour. Every, every second is like a minute, every minute's like an hour, every hour is like a day, and every day is an eternity. How do I, how do I, I got to I can't do that, I can't, it's too much, I can't do it. I can't, you know, yeah. you see no way out. 
Every time you push, it just collapses on itself, yeah. you know. And boy, that was miserable. And boy, that was that's sitting in it where you're like, you know. That's one of those things where that you want to test your will and your endurance. It's like that's un, unbearable. It's truly unbearable. People cannot bear it. They end their life. Yeah, and 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 to 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 be like, oh my god, I'm I'm right here. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to realize like this may not work out, right? You know. And to be honest, I don't I don't even know how I made it through those times. I don't, it's almost like a it's it's not a blur. Unfortunately, I remember. You don't mind me asking? Yeah. Did you go to friend, loved one, and say, "Here's what's going on. I need to go somewhere." You know, I've always had such a confidence breeds confidence, panic breeds panic. Don't let them see you sweat. That I was like, <laughs> I just couldn't get. It. Some words are so difficult to get past your lips, even though you mean them and you know them. Yeah. But it's it's like say them out loud and then they exist. Oh my God, I brought I birthed this monster. I'm that person now. Yeah. Well, and and it's like I I realized I'd never asked for help. <laughs> you know. If you needed help, I, I'd be like, hey, whoa, let's move that car. Let's do that thing. What Are you feeling okay? It's like, you know, I could sit and listen, but just to do it, to get it, to ask for it, oh, my God, what a nightmare. Yeah. You just felt weak? Yeah. Asking and it's shit. just like, no, no, I'm here to help you. That's what right. I do. I don't get help. That's the wrench I, doesn't need a wrench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very well put. Thanks. You used know? to write for TV. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you told a friend it was obvious you know i got circled by my folks and and you know and it was like you need to go here so that you're here tomorrow mm-hmm. going for emotional trauma and heartache and it's a real eye-opener because um you couldn't feel worse and it isn't because of the, any drugs uh, yeah and so you're like oh my god in my natural state I equal zero right now. I'm yeah. just it's something about the devil made me do it. Or it's like, it's because of the drugs. It's nice. It's or a it's nice because, excuse. Yeah. But by then I'd, I hadn't touched drugs for, you know, months and months and months and months, seven, six, seven months. You know? And, uh, so I was far beyond that. It was actually making a run at like putting it down forever. So it, you start by having to admit this is you. Yeah. There, there's no, it, yeah. I always say that, like, no, I'm just, if I do something, it's not because I'm drunk. I'm just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, and and I and um, that's a paper bag that fighting your way out somehow is it's really, really, really tough. And and uh, but by the same token, now kind of five years out, I couldn't be more thankful for all of that shit because I I I've never learned so much in such a condensed period of time that I really needed to learn <laughs> that I'd been putting off for so long, you know. The, the when you say that condensed period of time, you mean like the free fall period, so to speak. This this last five years has been such a learning process, and and that disbelief of like there's got to be a way to fix this. So the disbelief was you didn't believe that you were powerless. You know, and making records and co- collaborating with people, I'm like there's there's a way to say all things. There's a way to do all things, even though I present as someone that's maybe brash or brutal. That's not always. That's not really always yeah. my way. And so I thought, um, it's it's my own inability to see my way through this maze. You know, um, it's it's my fault. There is a way, but some of these things there is no way, and and that's where the acceptance is so crucial: is to recognize the reality 
and admit that this is what it is and then be okay with it and say, I get it. You know, you forgive somebody, even though you, even though it feels like you shouldn't or couldn't, you do. Yeah. You should. You, you let someone go by knowing that's the only way to hold on to them too. You know, I'd hate to be the person that held on too tight longer than they should have. The agony associated with that grip is, is, is too much to bear at this point. You know, I'd rather deal with the difficulties and the hardships associated with getting moving on. You know, it sounds like you had to relearn your value system. Yeah. In a way. Well, I think like drugs are not, drugs are not confrontation. They're avoidance. Yeah. Asking for help isn't weak or pussified or. Yeah. It's like, okay. And you, you don't really need drugs. No. (laughs) Once you, once you start. I'm already feral enough. That's the thing is like, is like, uh, yeah. And, and, and also, you know, um, turning around and looking at the short people who live in my house and saying, people can say anything they want, but it's what you do that is really who you are. And I've been knocked down a lot, but I just want them to see me get up without saying too much. If I could give someone even five minutes less of what I went through in their own life, Mm -hmm. I would do it. You know, what do you mean by not saying too much? Like I've had all kinds of things written about me and things like that. And I, and I, and I, I do a good job of staying away from that, but I have little ones too. And it's like, I've been hated before and it's okay. In fact, I almost understand, (laughs) you know, it's like, I get it. But by the same token, it's like, uh, it's not my job to go door to door and prove somebody that that that's not correct. That's actually this. And, but when you have little ones, it's like, I need, it's, it is my job to show them what what you do when that situation occurs, how you behave, how you act. In, the, in those moments, words don't do a lot to change the situation. It's just like having enough self-respect to just put your shoulders back and your chin up and say, let's go, you know, and to walk that, run that gauntlet, walk that gauntlet. And, and those are the situations where words don't matter so much, you know. Their creation of words, and but that just ends up being a bunch of bullshit for a while. And, and uh, taking what I'd learned about sharing and talking and melding it with the importance of when to not say anything made me feel like I'd united both sides of myself, you know? Because before, you know, I'd be like raising money on drugs, <laughs> like the, and not yeah. seeing the do out there, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. not seeing the double, not even yeah. noticing. You know, I'd be at a, I was at a DEA party on speed. It's like I was just raising money for the opioid crisis, like, like not and never once felt that there was any irony there. <laughs> it was like I'm doing a good thing. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like, and but realizing this, like, no, no, no. Okay, okay. There's a moral bankruptcy there. I'm, I think I'm doing the right thing, but I'm not noticing what a fuck up I'm being. Yeah. And what's the point of that? You know. And so, sort of in a Carl Jung way, sort of uniting that shadow side with my light side and i think the great thing about kids is it it is what you say it's like is two percent and what you do is 98 that's all they have to see you know especially you know it starts out they don't know fucking english so they're just watching you yeah they watch you online in a way that they do not watch others you know um and and just wanting to like i'd like to do a good job you know i would like to do a good job with them and like 
it requires doing a good job. <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, when you say disbelief, it's... I suppose it's bargaining, too. You know, when you lose somebody, whether they've died or or just relationships come to an end, I think, you know, you, you say to yourself, uh, there must be a way, you know? Yeah. There, and and really there isn't and when you don't when you when you deny yourself the right to say there isn't a way man I'm, we're here this this chapter is over when you deny that you really sort of present the agony of oblivion <laughs> like cuz you're just kidding yourself you know and that's so fucking agonizing yeah you're you crying is like an admission yeah it's like a Things are not going to be the way they were. Yeah. Well, and, and that, I was, but that that notion it, it will never it'll never get back to where we were. And and should you even should that be your expectation even to get back to where you were? It's like this is a this is an icebreaker traveling on the ice, man. It don't go back to where we it it don't go that way. Yeah, you know? but I liked it. Yeah, I want to hang on. Yeah, you know? I liked it. I knew <laughs> how to do it. I got good at that reality. Yeah. And now you're telling me that reality, it's a funeral for that reality. And you're like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. God damn. I don't want to. Yeah. That's what like a true acceptance of like, that's the way things are. You're just defeated. Right. That well, reality's that's, over. But, You've but been that's defeated. what I, I used it. So the word surrender was, yeah. I hated it. It's like, we're giving up. We're giving up to, for what reason? You know, insurmountable odds. Yeah. That's all I need. Tell yeah. me we can't win, and I know there's a chance, right? We've got nothing to lose now, right? And and but then realizing that surrendering, there's a surrender which is giving in, <laughs> and the the absolute polar difference there, the polar opposites there of giving up and giving in. Like I surrender to this situation. I understand it is what it is, and and how that acceptance is actually a peaceful thing, because it's like I don't love it. But I get it. I got it. I see. Yes, those are my claw marks. But I'm done doing. I'm done clawing at that. You know. Yeah. I fuck. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We talk about therapy every, pretty much every episode. If you haven't gotten the inkling yet, I believe in therapy. It's helpful. I've gone to countless sessions. The whole podcast is about what do you think is wrong with you. How can you help yourself? And BetterHelp is called BetterHelp because it's literally better help. So my point is, this is a worthwhile thing to sponsor. It's a worthwhile website. It's a worthwhile app. It's all worthwhile. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash N-E-A-L today to get 10% off your first month. That's H-E-L-P dot com slash N-E-A-L. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hi. It's me, Neil Brennan. You know, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be 
stressful shouldn't make your life worse which is why i'm here to talk to you about game time game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have at insert event look i'm curious about taylor swift i may go through it and i may not but I didn't want to bug somebody and I got to call this person and then I got to email my credit card to somebody I barely, whatever, whatever. So go on game time. It's simple. It's an app. It works like an app. It's a good app. It doesn't feel fishy. Does It just feels like a good app like any other app. They got images from seat views, which I actually like when I look at my tickets to see like, how are people looking at me? You hate to encourage procrastination. But Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They got flash deals for football's about to start. Basketball just ended. RIP. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use B L O C K S for $20 off your first purchase. Blocks for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem blocks. For $20 off, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, I guarantee. Patience. It's never been my thing. <laughs> not, I'm not shocked. Well, I think my daughter was put on this earth to, to try my patience and, and, and challenge and cr- create this for me, you know? And, um, and she's done a, a great job of teaching me that, you know? Because, uh, you know, I remember when she was <laughs> she was three and she used to hold my face and go, Dad, be gentle. And it's, it's weird to hear it from that height in that cadence, you know. And I thought, it's, oh. I always say little girls. Yeah. Fucking, they could literally solve the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they could. They just go and be like, no, they're, they, they have no self-doubt. Yeah. They have good morals. Yeah. And they're incredibly persuasive because they're, yeah. they're so cute and forceful. And they're sort of emotionally more advanced yep. than any than boys their age and yep. all that. And 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 more and emotionally their father, advanced than apparently. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it was like, huh. You know, felt like big dumb man right with brick. Listen to girl tell you, you know, it's like, huh. Okay, okay. I could do that. Patience just seemed like this vital tool that was always missing from my tool bag that I was like You've got to invest, go down to fucking Home Depot and get, buy you a patience hammer and get, get, get cracking with that. So I just, but, I, but I also feel like patience came with some of these other, these mountains to climb, you know, in order to sit in these things and just let them wash over you, you had to have the quiet and the patience to do it or have no chance. And so it was like, you know, in my own exile, the patience was like, you know, you're talking to yourself going, you're not very good at this, but just keep going, would you, man? My only experience with patience has really come in the last five years. Well, it's also, as you were talking, I was thinking about like the skills or values that men in our culture are taught to have. Yeah. Patience is like a soft power thing. And yeah. we're all, it's all, most of what men are taught is hard power. Well, yeah, I, I, and I also think that the situation to 
you know, there's a there's a reason for that to a certain extent that I understand, which is like, you know, Hitler. Like, I mean, yeah, kind no of. No patience. <laughs> but meaning, the, even hearing you talk about your grandparents, your parents, your, it's they didn't live in a world where emotions were valuable. They couldn't worry about, hey, guys storming the beach of Normandy. What are you going through right yeah, now? Yeah, how are they you feeling about give it? give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could not give a fuck. Well, they, they were not, it wasn't, they, it was a luxury they did not have. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think this notion of we'll set that aside for later and we'll pile, pile it up, we'll get to it. On the, it's on the to-do list and you can, there's value in that it's, it's there at least on the to-do list, right? Yeah. And, and it's just something that is important to do though, finally. And, yes. And, and, they and, never did it. They yeah. never got to it. They got back from the war and they drank. Well, and, and I, res I, I respected my grandparents so much, you know, I, they said something, I believed it, you know, I, I, for so long, I just, and, and it really was, uh, that was my moral compass and they were good people too. And so at some point in this life, which doesn't have a Hitler, you know, that, and there is time to sort of deal with your emotions. It's like, it only took me till I was about 45 to get there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got another one here, which is conflict. Or yeah. not avoiding conflict. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I uh, actually, and it dovetails with what I was just going to say, which was that, uh, you know, it's a tough world out there. Mm -hmm. It's rough. And, and if you're trying to do an idea that you believe in, but that it's kind of a fringe idea. You know, you tell it to 10 people, nine people are going to say, that's fucking awful. Don't do that. But that's how I know it's a good idea. Cause if it's just, if it's a great idea, then not everyone can have it right now. That's mm -hmm. what makes it that way. And so it's, so you get used to fighting for, you know, advocating for yourself and your gang and, 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 and in order to, you know, keep something af afloat, like a, a band, you've, when you're starting, you're kind of constantly fighting for yourself and your. There's gang. no stupider idea than a band. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's bizarre. The dumbest. It's what? bizarre. It's a. What are you doing? And the chances of it working are almost zero. And, yeah. And it's, but and like, it's well, also do something smart. Open a restaurant. <laughs> do something dependable. Well, it's also based on we're all going to commit ourselves to this nebulous idea of yeah. trying to make honest art. What are the songs? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know yet. <laughs> well, getting someone to invest in it is even a dumber idea. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a whole other. And, but, and, I, and I think, too, that's why you find yourself just shoving against this at all times and, and sort of advocating for yourself because people want to go in and just finger bang it to change it. This is great. You should actually, if you just did this and this and this and this and this, yeah. because that worked once for someone else before. Right. And so, you know, in trying to be your authentic self with people investing in that, emotionally and financially and all that you know it's a it's a constant battle i'm reminded of something Chappelle said one time i mean he said it multiple times but he's like never tell your jokes during the day right right <laughs> it's there's something like metaphorical about it i, I like I, there's no don't he's like you can't pitch jokes to people yeah during the day they have to be seen on stage yeah and i the equivalent is I, I never let anyone hear anything till it's completely finished. I because you can't use your imagination. Totally agree. Yeah, it's Anytime like, I've sent in something and said, sound is not final, color is not final. Their first thing is, is this the sound? 
Well, and, you, and you've sound. asked them to have a comment too. I'd rather have someone. <laughs> no, but I said the sound is not final. Right. And they're like, well, maybe the sound then yeah, can do can this. Do, You're inviting yeah, right. this. And, and, and the notion of saying it's kind of like this, but it's blue and it's bigger and it's that. It's like I want to, even our managers say when our record is finished, that's the first time it can hear. And I also realized the benefits of that being that you, when someone hears it completed, whether it's a joke or a song, they're hearing this finished thing and they've actually got a real chance to be the very first fan of it. Mm-hmm. They Because when they hear it and it's finished and they go, wow, this is great. The only thing they can do is turn around and say, holy shit, have you heard this new Neil Brennan thing? Like, it's a, it's a legitimate, genuine appreciation and that's all they have to give. Or they're like, this is finished and guess what sucks? And, and you've got a real take on it. Yeah. You know? But I also... I say that like I can't list I can't play stuff I can't do it. I'm a good rewriter meaning I'm good at sh- doing Punching a joke, up someone's yeah but also my own shit where I'll do it and be like and eh, no that's like that wasn't this can work yeah but it needs a- I need to tweak it yeah so but I when I play it for you I think it's final yeah and and then and then the audience go and that's the great thing about comedy. But see, like, yeah, you need that binary where it's like yeah. it. No, that isn't comedy. Yeah, you thought that was comedy. That's not comedy. Yeah. It could maybe it could be. I don't. The audience doesn't know, but they. I, I'm good at like going. Oh, okay. Yeah, but do you need that push? You need that push and pull with the audience to find. Yeah, or is it, it's I don't. Just in the vocalizing it that you're realizing. You know, it can't just be a thought in your head. You have to. I have to watch it go through their filter and be right. like, "Oh, yeah. I didn't know." Yeah, I, yeah. I've been doing a joke. I've done it twice or three times about mental health and how it's overrated. It's it's totally contradicting everything I've stood for for the last <laughs> ten years. Don't worry about. It. Um, <laughs> but it is a joke. So, it's but what it's comedy, guys. But it's like Lincoln was so depressed that he was like, "Hey, should we end slavery?" All right, so. That to me is so fucking funny. The audience doesn't think it's funny. They think it's racist. Then I do two more beats and they think those are funny. So I didn't think they'd think the first line was racist. So now I have to re address yeah. address it so it doesn't sound like it's even a joke, whatever, whatever. But it's a it's like where you hear shit and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know you were gonna think that. Yeah, but see, I've always been such a comedy you know, I, I, ever since I saw George Carlin when I was nine. I just kidding. Uh, and, you know, my folks at the Desert Inn, when you had to get a jacket, you know, you had to get a rental Did you see jacket. him live? Yeah, yeah. Damn. And my folks, my dad was like, George Carlin's funny, right? And, you know, we don't swear around my grandparents or my parents, yeah. you know. And it was, I'm nine. I've got a, a, a men's jacket. I look like I won the PGA. It's a, like right. a mustard yellow. Yep. And he just destroyed me. His love of the language the turning of the phrase didn't matter if it's like, you know, get on the plane, Mr. Carlin, fuck you. I'm getting in the plane, leave yep. that for the daredevils. And the seven words you can't yep. say, which blew my mind. Yeah. Or readdressing the Ten Commandments down to two, you know, and coming from a religious family, it's like Yeah. Whoa. No, I I I that changed my life. I don't really talk about Carlin as like a huge but it's like the first person where I was like, oh, it's like this guy's his own society. Yeah, it's whatever you want it's it to be, right? It's his own civilization. Yeah. He's rewritten. He's looked at it and come to a 
pointing out hypocrisy. It's like that guy's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, and it. I don't talk about him enough, but he's and you saw him at the desert, and that's excellent. yeah. Nine that changed everything for me because comedy became because you know when you talk about if you want to making fun of something is making fun where there was none. You know if if you yeah. if you take away yeah. the fun of of when you're talking about something difficult. To be able to make fun of it alleviates the heaviness of. Yeah, I mean, if you can't make fun of Hitler, what's left? Take him seriously. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all that's left. Yeah, something awful. What's off? You reduce it. Yeah, and so. But people it's, now, it's the culture would have you believe that reducing anything is is uh, it's it's a uh, it's yeah, but uh, impossible them. and yeah, how I know. dare you and everything is massive and huge and must be honored and all that shit. Oh, like, or dishonored. Let yeah. me dishonor this thing. Yeah, let's have fun dishonoring yes. and disassembling. Yeah, let's and, dishonor it, the pain yeah, or dishonor the, you know. Don't give it the credence. Let's fuck with it. Let's yeah. let's finger this thing to death. You know, yes. just uh, now. But you've have things in your life that you would probably not like dishonored. Right, but uh, I well, I have such gallows humor. I just you know. When life is good, it's funny. And when life is terrifying, it's really funny. Totally agree. Uh, I want to ask about the Bataclan. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning? Yeah. I, I'd rather, there are some things that are just hard to. Yeah. And and I also think, too, it's, it's um, there are some things that I've, I have learned that there are some things that when I talk about, it doesn't make it better. It's just, um, and so I choose not to talk about those things because they just are that bad. Yes. Yeah. But Dave had the observation of like it's everything's funny until it happens to you. Right. And I bet you understand that the Bataclan is never going to be funny to you. Hey. And it's never going to be it's it would take a real specific hand to you know what I mean? When you go to reach out for to shake someone's hand that survived and they don't have one. It's hard to understand, you know. Um, I, I've always been the sort of guy that's like, someone's in a wheelchair. I'm like, what's up with the chair? How did how did this? Right. I don't I don't like to leave this but this elephant in the bubble. Yeah. But then when you hear the story and uh, and you and you know there are some things where words fail to to exercise the difficulty out of. And words do their best to try to get close to that emotional feeling, but they just don't quite make it. The thing that I'm experiencing right now is I have a joke about the body clown that you've seen, whether you realize it or not. I have seen it. So ISIS has gone after a rock club in Paris and they've gone after a gay club in Orlando. So I don't I just mention it in the setup. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but I'm okay with that. Right. Too. It's yeah. incredibly personal to you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, to me, it's a piece of new, you know, I mean, obviously, but, like, well, I watched but, the documentary and, like, I'm pretty well versed in it. And Jimmy Carr and I have talked about it a lot. And, like, but love Jimmy, by the way. Yes. Yeah, it's the best. But, 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 but what I think is where many folks go wrong, in my opinion, is that you have to tell that joke. And I have, and, and I know how I feel about it. There's nothing that can change that. Right. My feelings about it are remain unaffected by jokes for, against, with, about. Uh, it's the that's that's what I already have. Yeah. And and I already have that experience, you know. And so it's like 
I, when people get offended, I'm, I always think to myself, oh my God, you're such a precious motherfucker. Because everything else they've talked about, someone has talked about, didn't bother you, you're okay to laugh for that. And then someone, someone William tells you and splits the arrow with the arrow, and now you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, how dare you? And, and that's a bit of arrogance in the outrage. because It's also, also just bi- people fucking have giant But also you're, spots. you're free to leave. You well, know? yes. It's one I, of the last freedoms. For me. It's one of America's great freedoms, the freedom right. to split. Yeah. Right? That no one seems to be able to touch. I'm going. And it's like, good. Yeah. Let me okay, grab your bag, motherfucker. Yeah. I, you know. Uh, it's the it's the older you get, the more you realize, like, not being near something. It's critical. Is the, for- <laughs> one of the greatest gifts I don't want to say it's life's greatest gift, but it's up there. <laughs> Being able to extricate yourself from things because your brain will stop thinking about it. You will stop experiencing it emotionally. It's One of the a byproducts magic trick. of leaving. It's right. a fucking magic trick. <laughs> right. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Some, that people yeah. don't realize like, oh, you don't like a person or a relationship or a situation or a smell or whatever. Go away from it. Yeah. Well, I just can't. But but for me, it's whoa, excuse. I can't imagine saying I don't want to hear about this. And also, I need the entire conversation of everyone else about it to stop. That's yes. the part I don't get. Where it's like, I'm upset. And this has got to stop around me, although I'm not leaving. So everyone's got to get involved with my exact wishes. That It just seems like an arrogant throw that's always really annoyed me. It's and, also, and I think, frankly, it, it makes me want to go at someone more in, in that of course. Moment, you know, uh, it's the world's unfathomably large, and that people talk about like you have main character syndrome or whatever. We all have main character. It's it's the situation where I can only see it from these two eyes. From this, yeah, what the, fucking choice do you have? Yeah. So, but because you, you can't believe that there's this many experiences, you just it's like when people go, "Do you see your Spotify stats?" You know. People spent uh, 400 million hours listening to Queen of the Stone Age. And you're like, <laughs> that means nothing to me. Yeah. yeah. That means fucking nothing to me. And the same thing with, I can't believe that my point of view isn't everyone's. And it isn't incredibly important to yeah, everyone. Yeah, get started with mine, too. It's the actual call to action about it, too. That's worse. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, hello, people. Let's get started. I'm offended. Let's get yeah. to work. You know? Yeah. Okay. This is a good one. Well, all right. We did. I don't even know if we avoided, uh, if we talked about avoiding conflict. I think we did. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves. I have a gold tooth that I've earned in my life. You uh-huh. know? And I, I've realized that as a big six foot five guy, that I've been told so many times, like, when you get angry, it's scary. I'm too big to get upset is what I've heard a lot of times. You know? Right. You're not, you're not, I'm not allowed. Entitled, yeah. And so, you know, I've figured out a way to not let that make me upset. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Because I don't want to be easily manipulated by someone's frustration. Have you gotten better at the language of, I hear where you're coming from. And my experience is, like because we're from a time yeah, when I, everyone just yelled fuck you you made me all these <laughs> yeah. accusations and uh, I'm well versed at that sort of back and forth dialogue use your words Danny mm-hmm. um and then and and I know where to put myself in all of that because being misunderstood or having a misunderstanding by nature is something that doesn't need to exist but now does 
And I think commu- good communication is the key. And that also, I also know that when I finally get the opportunity to say, uh, yeah, but I don't give a fuck, so why don't you shut the fuck up? That that I'd hate to miss that opportunity as well. <laughs> and you don't, you, you're not ready to learn, unlearn that? You still think it's valuable. I still think there's a there's a moment for everything, <laughs> uh-huh. and and I and, and I still think that um, those moments are so rare now, and I'm happy about that because I don't miss the bickering of bullshit, you know. And, and of course, my friend would say, "Don't waste the hate," you know. There's so few things worth the time, but I think a big thing for helping me of sort of avoid conflict has been really you know, focusing on what I actually like. Now it seems very simple, but it's like, if I don't like this table, I don't want to bond over not liking it together. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like this fucking thing. Look, the two, yeah. you know, two levels and the gold yeah. is bullshit. And then you go, yeah, and that's how we become friends. Yeah. You know, I really focus. You don't think that could be destructive long term, do you? <laughs> Josh, are you saying that those well, these things ha- these things happen, right? And, can and, only sustain on a shared hatred, and you start looking for well, shared hatred, <laughs> and then you're there. You are welded to get welded together by trauma, you know. Yeah. And 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 so I just think um, really realizing how little time we have. It's okay f- to say we're on the Titanic. It's we're all gonna hit the water. I, I believe that's it's not negative. It's it's like what do you want to do with the time we have left? Let's yeah. get into what you know there isn't tons of time left, Neil. Do you have a good eye for it? When to be contrite, when to be a peacemaker, and when to be a a, a war maker. I've made a lot of war in my days and, and so it's got me really excited about like I said, being a good communicator and you know, working as a record producer, what is that? At the end of the day, it's really about being a good communicator and not having to put yourself all over a situation. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't, it's not going through your filter, it's going through your conduit that isn't filtering anything. And and I think that requires good communication. I love compromising, you know, because um, that's what collaborating is, you know. So um, I've kind of lost my taste for war, you know, because it, it takes up so much time and spirals out of control. I mean, all right, here's devil's advocate. Has war been good to you? I've learned a lot. Meaning have you great songs, great shows, great from war? Yeah. Yeah. But I've also learned that anger is the, it's okay to drive your car on anger for 50 miles, but you don't want to run on that all the time. Mm-hmm burn you out Mm -hmm. and and you know it having that be your focus anger war like conflict you know constantly gritting your teeth like that there's it's just uh in terms of and in that discussion of we're on the titanic and it's sinking so what do you want to do with your time left i think i'm done spending my time there you know i'm done spending my my time in the unpredictable time suck that is heavy conflict there's just not enough time for that now yeah i also think it's kind of a young man's game yeah yeah Hence the i'm, term I'm angry 50 how old are you 49 yeah i'll never be 50 yeah <laughs> i would fucking imagine me fucking you know it's a heavy responsibility get lost, get lost. <laughs> i will never <laughs> 
someday when your mother and I fucking imagine me, (laughs) I'm going to bleep both of our ages. Um, I mean, we just kind of talked about this and it's a risk being addicted to risk. That's a very interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I have learned how to focus that because I, I, my mind has always said that risk, nothing, get nothing. The, The risk where the reward is you know and um and i've really sort of focused that into music so much you know i mean you know i always think if 20 percent of the people don't hate you you suck you know you have to be willing to risk leaving your audience part of them behind because they just want you to stay where you're at and things like that Mm -hmm. and so i've sort of taken a lot of the risk out of my daytime life by eliminating it from my nighttime life you know so that it's more in pursuit of art and music than it is like ending up with gold teeth your daytime life is more reasonable it's more reasonable and 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 i've sort of plucked some of the behaviors out of my nighttime life that led to so much risk you know and again i think it's kind of a young man's game in a way it's weird to be the oldest druggie at a party. It's like not a good look. And those are risks that are completely unnecessary and and don't have a big payoff. You know, I think I'm more into the risk of making something and trying to make it deliberately sound unlike all things, which has its own risk. And I I've, I value that more. So that's kind of where I'm living my my risks out at this point. You know? And yeah, more creative and less. Yeah, unless like waking up somewhere and being like, these aren't my clothes. I think at one time I romanticized that yeah. life. A lot of people do. Yeah. It's not hard. There's no barrier to entry yeah. to being a dirtbag. It's yeah. like, there's no, anyone can, the biggest losers can do it yeah. and do. Yeah, and, and are doing it professionally. Yeah, <laughs> there's no standards. Well, and the, the problem is, is that the standard that is there, the, the gold medal dirtbaggist is not someone you want to like train to keep up with you know no it's it's all diving down so it's not it, it it's natural to play music and and love that life for a certain period of time but it's strange to to believe in it as a mode of existence that that you should that should still be part of you know in all of its trappings yeah like yeah. It, 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 and it and it's dirtbaggiest yeah i mean you know it's like <laughs> you know i always say i've been thrown out of the best places in the world but uh i'm not sure that it, there's anything the of value. impressive part is that you were in the best places <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah that's the <laughs> you did the, you were there because you write good songs you yeah. weren't there well, for any like, other reason watch me ruin this that that notion is and it just feels stupid to subscribe to that now it's like uh, you're a phony for being at that nice place, but it's like, no, you're not realer because you got kicked out. You're, yeah. it's not a barometer of realness. The realness is like you're great at writing songs. You have got enough fans. Da, 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 da. So you're so dicky places go. Hey, can you come? Well, but I I never felt any like sort of guilt associated with that. It was just like living that wild thing where it's like, oh God, really. You know, and dealing with the next morning of the aftermath of like, that was a really nice party you ruined. Where you're like, you know, I just, 
Would you you were actually ashamed of yourself? No, I just thought, God, oops, you know. I I think once again, it's just like oh, just being allowing yourself to be so out of control that the next day you're constantly dealing with. You know what you shouldn't have done. It isn't romantic and it isn't fulfilling and it's not sexy. It's just like, oh my God, you know, you got thrown out with the speaker from the wall under your arm by four people and you don't remember. You know, that's just not. Would I'd you rather be remembered for something else. Would you would would no. you have the shame spiral, which would then make you use more and all that? Well, I think what I would do is say, now I'm gonna yeah, I I would convince myself like I'm going to tighten the reins. I'm not going to let go of them. What about crazy? Yeah. You know, and 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 I think it just it pulls you into this rationale that you're like control it. I got it. Or it's like there's no controlling some of this shit. But you're controlling the level to which you get yourself out of control. That's a bizarre outlook. It's like I'm going to get out of control, but I'm going to control that so that it's in the perfect region. Right. You know, it's like playing lawn darts and throwing it into the audience. It's like, I'm going to fix it. Yeah, it's a yeah. crazy prospect that you're yeah. going to make that every time. You successfully. can't, it's either risky or it's not. It's that you can't mitigate. You can't do risky. You can't safely do, you can't do. safely do drugs. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> except for you um, <laughs> for 16 years. Um, <laughs> emotional vulnerability. Well, I mean, this this is just, I do think that when you put everything you have into making a record, you can become a better person and leave baggage behind and, and, and really learn something. There's a real takeaway there. But it has to be where you're saying things that are scary to say and admitting your insecurities and what you're terrified about. Um, so I've really learned through the record-making process to be okay with saying I'm terrified that when I'm in pain and when I when I miss something, you know. Uh, and and I'm really thankful for the record making process for that. I'm not interested in being the biggest band in the world. I've never presumed that I could be in such a thing, but I, w I would like to be in the most honest thing humanly possible. And that requires just like being, doing that, being honest and saying things which are hard to say but I, th I do think because you're singing them and you're putting them into pulling them into glaring relief in, in the framework of the music that they get a chance to be beautiful even when they're terrifying and uh and i really i really cherish that because it's so much different than just simply saying out loud what i'm terrified about being able to put it together in this kind of sonic photograph like really creates this opportunity to get it really um, close to emotionally accurate and and to be and to simply just go you know what i mean without the burden of saying it in english without the poetry side you know um and and i i, I think that's like become my thing i treasure the most about what i get to do for a living you know it's like to be able to really um, say it's not easy, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. you know? There was a version of Blocks when I did it in New York, and I had a section that I ended up not using for the, it was kind of parental and blamey and all this shit. And I think the way I rewrote a joke, 
I am almost rewriting something's importance to me based on the audience's reaction. If that makes, uh, if I'm explaining it no, correctly, I get it. I, like I, if you ever, you ever express something in a song, and people's reaction, you realize like, oh, I'm being a baby, or I'm being a dick, or, absolutely, and it's it's a funny thing that people don't really talk about. It's like, oh no, I learned from your rejection of that notion of uh, uh that the thing I expressed that I got to get over that. Yeah, or or like I gotta say it the way it really should be said. Yeah, like I gotta, I can't, I can't pussyfoot here. I got, I gotta be honest and not, not try to look cool. You get there's, there's no negotiation there. Sometimes you know, in saying something honest and real that's about vulnerability, you can't pretend to be cool in that moment. It's, right. There's no way to sort of like, hey, babe. or it's a. Ch I was expressing a childish. It was yeah, like very blamey <laughs> on my parents. And I think Lauren Michael said, it. he's like, after a certain age, it's like, it's just not being an angry young man's not cool. Being yeah. difficult is not cool. It's like, you haven't figured out how to not to how be to, a victim. Yeah. Or how to not be a dick on at work or how right. to be inappropriate all the fucking time. Like <laughs> you can't figure that out. Um, but I'm curious if that happens. Yeah, I think I, I I think I I've I tried to deliver that pill of vulnerability with a sense of humor. And even though I don't get the immediate gauge of the reaction of that, I, I realize there's so many moments where in my own insecurity my reaction was, you know, bravado. I and I think I realized how what a protective mechanism that was, you know. And I and and I wouldn't change it because I'm here because of that. And also they represent pulling a cell out of the film of your life. And there's that moment. I just think that I've let some of that, the bravado is almost a protect, protective Well, mechanism. that seems to be your whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like you are. Gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you were like this and then realize like, oh. I'm a human being and I should stop flexing well, and approaching everything from like this aggro. I think you said, I think you, you, you know, in the beginning, you're just moving at the speed of inspiration. You're, and you're, you're trying to, you know, I guess my grandpa was always like, you can't outsmart him, out dumb him. And then I was like, if you can't outsmart him, out weird him, you know, being obtuse and strange and coming from a weird angle. And, and, um, and, as you sort of exhaust these like sleight of hand bits, you know, and you're kind of all armored up, you take a piece of armor off every record. And by now I, I have no armor and I have only myself to give. And what I have is experience. And what I have is uh, the amount of times I took a leap. And what was driving that leap is very different from what's driving the leap I'm taking now. But but this is the process. Of perhaps it should be this way, you know. Perhaps it takes the willingness to like go. Yeah, I'm hurt, but I'm fucking pissed, and let's fucking go. And in the moments when you should do that, you know, or someone's someone's got to do it. Someone's going to be there doing it. And I and I, I'm also I'm okay with what I've done and the mistakes I've made and the and the 
the successes that have been there too, because really every situation is situational. There's no, there's no way to figure out how to deal with, or no advice you could take for uh, what happens when your band blows up and you're and you're wanting to make art, but it's gotten big. And what do you do? How do you maintain? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to figure out what to do, and and also you're fucked up all the time. How's that going? Yeah. You know, and they're watching, and they want to build you up and knock you down. And because you know, I that is a really interesting Rubik's cube to do. <laughs> you need to be. Okay. I, I'm okay with the moments I've failed. If you know, I because I'm here now and I feel pretty good and I'm, yeah, I'm glad it all happened. You know. Yeah. There's a part of me that that thing of I I couldn't be here if I hadn't gone through that. Yeah. But I always want to say like, oh, I wish I didn't have, to, I wish I could just, there was just a thing I could do. Yeah. I, I mean, and I did try, I, I you know, ayahuasca and DMT and EMDR and yeah. everything, TMS. I wish that it was a button I could have pushed. Of course. Obviously, I'm not going to, apologize or feel guilt about the things I've tried or the people I've been or the sh mistakes I've made but you wish like well man, if of course a fucking mad if there's a wand yeah well like, then the but wand. then you start saying this was a long sequence in order to push the button that, I, that I'm here now you know right yeah it's just it's just that to do the the nuclear codes are complicated <laughs> you know I had yeah. to put all that in before I could push the fucking button yeah all right anger associated with feeling ostracized I that seems huge. It's been a huge, that's been a huge driver, you know. I, uh, you know, I'm 6'5", but I always loved poetry. Felt always strange to rec to reconcile these things where it's like, well, you should be playing basketball, shouldn't you, son? And, you know, and it's just like, oh, fuck off, you know. I'm a poet. Mm -hmm. God damn you. Yeah. And, you know, I've got red hair and my, my brother's, my brother's not gay, but his husband is. And so, so like feeling like killing bullies. Yeah. Like I had the build and the, and the willingness to protect people from bullies, you know? And like, so that was my, I felt forced into that job a little bit, you know? I remember uh, my, we would walk to, I was in kindergarten, I guess. My brother was, he's two years older. So he would have been in second grade. And, uh, uh, we would walk to and fro school about 10 blocks through a neighborhood. And um, there was this bully. And he would ride his bike around us, calling my brother faggot and spitting. You know, gleeking where you go. Yeah. So gleek on us. And I'm looking at my brother. I'm five and my brother is seven. So, and we had our heads down and uh, man, it hurt. It just hurt. And it felt scary. And I didn't understand. And I was like, isn't my brother going to? What are we supposed to? We told my dad, and he was like, "Well, you know, if you don't take care of that bully, you can't come home." And I didn't realize that he was probably joking around. <laughs> I just was like, "Look at my brother, like, shit, we can't go, we can't go home." Yeah. What are we gonna fucking do? We we gotta. Just... And so the next day, I took you know the same fucking thing, you know, and I just picked up a stick and I put it in the front wheel of his tire, and he just went boom and face first no hands boom and we ran and ran i could we could i could hear that kid screaming for blocks i mean you want to talk blocks you know and and he was in my brother's grade so he was seven and uh and but i just remember looking at my brother like 
we can go home, you know, we can go. And so I always felt like obligated if I saw something that seemed unjust that I had to like intervene, you know? Do you fit and it's from the kind of the dad joke, which by the way, I wouldn't mind stopping for a PSA. Don't fuck with your kids like this. Cause <laughs> you don't no, know when great. you're a kid, you don't know what reality is. Yeah. So there's just, when people make jokes and shit, you're like, I guess I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. I don't know that you're joking. I don't, I barely understand com like anything. Yeah. I think your view, your viewpoint of the world is, is, um, it's very, uh, literal. It's, it's, it's shaped by the, the words your family gives you. Yeah. And my dad's fucking awesome. Yeah, of course. Just, but I'm saying, so yeah. do you have a good sense of justice and injustice and you need to be a vigilante and all that stuff? No, <laughs> I, 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 I just think um, it's it's easy to recognize that base level unfairness when something like that is happening. Yeah. At a, I just always felt like I was supposed to stop someone from taking taking advantage like that. And so it put strange. It took me years to be like to not not. It's not like I'm like uh, oh, it's none of my business. So you're on your own, sir. Or like it just uh, it was such a a part of my life. You know, where it's like I felt like I was supposed to intervene, and I didn't always enjoy that feeling. You know, it's scary. It's responsibility. It's yeah. like you're, it's you're putting yourself in the line of fire. And it's like I I know that this is none of my business, but right, but couldn't he, help it over here. That's part of that risk thing too. Or it's just like, uh, you know, like I because I grew up in in Palm Desert where there's like only five people born there every year, but hundreds of people die every year, surrounded by old people. So I grew up really loving old people and their stories and that, you know, they always had the great stories, especially that generation, you know. So like little old ladies across the street was always like, yeah, of course. Yeah, here we go. You know, we're yeah. moving Gertrude Crane. She's moving to the over here. It's like, yes, of course. And so just like that sort of 50s American dream, like if you see trouble, say something. Yeah. You know? And um, it's not that I wanted to ever extricate myself from that. It's just like I've learned to sort of be like, Do you, are you? I, the older I get, the more I realize everyone feels ostracized. Yeah, there is no group. There is no core group. Yeah, and I, then you'll it's have funny that you do. You do spend a lot of your early life believing there's a group. Fuck know? yeah! There's I a, mean, it's, not even early life. Like yesterday, yeah. like it's hard <laughs> to disabuse yourself of an inherent FOMO. Right. Because you can't believe people aren't. We're always looking in at shit. We're always looking at like, boy, if they. Well, the I whole just, existence is is grass is green. It's well, I do think it's it's it's, you know, for me, that always emanates from to understand somebody or to be understood feels so good. And it's so fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's just not a last. It's, you know, it's it's like a mint. It's gone as soon as it starts, you know, and, and I and and um you know, feeling ostracized really feels like being misunderstood and, it, and it's, it hurts to be misunderstood. Yeah. Um, and it or hurts, not accepted. Yeah. And, and because you're like, well, no, no, it hurts to feel like the need to explain. Mm -hmm. No, actually it's, you're wrong. It's this. And, um, and I, I think I've let go of that, you know, um, it really drove and shaped how I, what music I made and how, because I thought, fuck, 
you know, I'd never join a club that would have me as a member. Fine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make stuff deliberately on the outside. You won't understand it. You're not equipped to get it. Right. But it must have gotten, it's gotten to the point where you're playing the group, you guys, us, pretty big group. Yeah. So you're yeah. not in small clubs. Do you know what I mean? Reconciling so, that was actually tough. Like that you could do well. I mean, you're not supposed to like it. I mean, I used to call it punk rock guilt. Yeah. Like, the, and the people from my hometown were always like, do well, but don't do too well. Yeah. Are you fucking rock style now? What's yeah. your problem? Buy me a beer. What's, your, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. I don't know why they're from the East yeah, Coast. Yeah, they're from Boston. Yeah, Because uh, Boston like is the patron saint of that attitude. Uh, <laughs> patron but, saint of patronizing. Of like, don't, they don't, I don't, we do don't well, appreciate don't do that. Too, yeah. yeah. Uh, who the fuck do you think you are? I think it's about self-acceptance. I think it's about like, for sure, by yourself, can you accept what you're like? Yeah. And then once you can do that, then you kind of care significantly less about what other people are. Now, having said that, almost impossible to do. Well, I truly accept yourself. Well, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have probably put that as a block because it was one of the first things I really dealt with a long time ago because you're forced to deal with it in what we do. Yeah. Because you need to stand out on your own. It's the minimum obligation of being in a band or being a, a musician to not sound like everyone else. Right. I mean, isn't that the minimum obligation? It's not supposed to be like, hey, this guy's like ABBA. You know, it's yeah. not supposed to happen like that. Yeah. Same with your comedic voice. It's like 99% of what makes up people is the same. The mundane right. stuff. It's only the one percent that's different, and you're supposed to amplify that. Yeah, and you know that's how you sound different. But I hope I you better you better hope people like it. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I I think I've let go of all that too because I I I can't control that. But I know one thing for sure that if I make something I really love, you'd be surprised the amount of bands that and musicians that make something like, do you listen to your record? And like, no fucking way, I never want to hear it again. And that always struck me as odd because it's not like that's what I'm jerking off to my own stuff. I just, it means that if you make it with the honesty and the vulnerability and the, and, and make something that you don't hear out there. So if I hear it, then I'm not doing that. I'll try something else, you know, but, but to make something you really love and that way so it attracts people that could really love it, you know, yeah, you know, you're trying to attract those like minds, you know? And so, so I also realized like, it's like, it's okay to be, I'm proud of what I did. That's, I worked really hard. That's okay. I don't need to take it any further, but I don't need to flog myself either and be like, this sucks. I, I'm awful. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done it, man. Yeah. Or have some mock version of that mock humble. Yeah. Where it's like, yes, well, thank you very much. It's still, it yeah, it's well. funny. It's, yeah. you know, when I wrote it, I was, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I probably shouldn't have put that one in there. No, please. What are a couple of the things you've done that really helped in terms of any one of these things? TM was a big deal for me. Transcendental meditation. When you want to get away from yourself, how do you pull that off? Crystal. <laughs> My friend Crystal, who taught me Crystal, TM. come on up. <laughs> I, I, I think TM was great because it also helped with patience and acceptance. It was like, and taking that beat, you know, I, I, uh, it's so the polar opposite of of crystal yeah you know i mean it really is like they don't even know each other yeah and and but calming yourself and when you really you know tm it really is about the gift of nothing and doing nothing yeah and you can't do it wrong mm -hmm. you know if you have a thought you just take that and just pick up no, your mantra you. and know yeah. yeah and yeah. and 
and they're supposed to come, these thoughts are supposed to come and you're supposed to help them exit out really calmly. So I think that was a really big help for me. And therapy. The EMDR was really great for EMDR me. therapy. Yep. I, I found that to be really good. Yep. I, I don't currently go, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm not in therapy, but I'm not, uh, not yeah, for yeah. any reason. I'm not against yeah. it. I, I guess I'm, I was always suspect of something that never said, you're good, you can go. Yeah. We're good, we made it. But that's just that insecurity of not wanting to be played a fool by something. I think if you have a great relationship with a therapist, you're, you have something really, something really great to work from there, you know, and not every therapist, as you know, is, is worth their salt. Some you're like, not, they're not, they're not great. Yeah. But so that, that really, the TM and and the EMDR really helped. And and I mean, I tried kind of everything in the last five years. I was just really searching for something, you know, and at the end of it all, I came back to the, the thing that's, that I've sort of cut my teeth on, which is, which is, you know, making music and, and, you know, there's this, there was this other thing that really helped to this active listening, (laughs) this active, you mentioned, I have a joke. Yeah. Yeah. You're an active listener, mom. Yeah. yeah. No guy yelling at a girl on the streets being nice. It's always sexual. It's always about her boobs or her butt. It's never about her personality. I've never once seen a guy on the street like, damn, baby, you look like you got leadership skills. Shit. You an active listener, Ma? You an active listener? Especially as a father, it's like active listening, engaging in this thing, but not having to insert yourself into everything, too. It was just really helpful. It was like, I wish they would have taught me that as soon on my first kid, you know. It's like being an active listener, engaging, in, and letting someone else come to the realization of how to solve their problems instead of solving problems for people or, or thinking you could. Yeah, it's the if I hear you correctly. It's the yeah. it's the there's an FBI negotiator who said the key to negotiation with a hostage in a, is just to say let them talk and they go if I hear you correctly and basically repeat back to them what they said and it ends most standoffs. Yeah, well, but the the beautiful thing about this premise is that you're giving someone all the respect in the world by saying, I want to make sure I heard you and that in hearing that I understand what you said and then giving them the ability to say, okay, 80% correct. There's a few, what what I said was this. And that way you're actually starting the staging point that you're both staging from is accurate and has no misunderstanding associated with it. And and that is such a, a relief and uh, um, a joy, even to when you're providing that you see someone go, Oh, especially when they're tiny type people, you know, it's like that relief means you heard me. And, and I, I, there's a real gift there and it creates a closeness immediately. And I mean, it's like, a, it, it's funny how saying something can give you a good feeling that's really worth holding on to. You're reading someone else's novel or something. The thing about novels is you get to be another person. Yeah. If you go like, I read your book. Right. And... <laughs> Your book that you wrote about the fact that you can't get the the square peg in the round hole, and yeah. like I'm, re- and they go like, "You read my book?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fucking, like, yeah, we they, st- we started on the same fucking page. Yeah, like great. So, yeah. and then they don't even care. They don't need you to solve. It's not even a problem anymore. Yeah. Uh, the problem is I'm isolate. Most problems are I'm isolated in this 
experience. Yeah. What, so, and then and you go, you're no longer isolated. And they're like, yeah, I, it's not hard. <laughs> like, That's okay. very true, though. It's yeah. very true. It's the way to free someone, too. You're, you're yeah. turning them loose or helping to turn themselves loose or turning yourself loose by just being heard. Yeah. It's yeah. like the firefighter is more just like, yeah, you're away from the fire, but also like, that was that must have been so scary. Yeah, that must have been tough. Yeah. Right? And right. then they're like, uh, yeah, it was fine. Uh, yeah, I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. but I was mostly, I was thought I was going to die. Yeah. Movie of your life, who plays you, what's the arc? The shit. It's called I Drank What? No. <laughs> <laughs> who plays me? I guess I have red hair, so I'm just really closed in by... Bill, I'll talk to Bill Burr. Yeah, nice. You know, he shaved it, though. I know. know. Yeah, that's a tough one. Josh yeah. Brolin, maybe? We could do Josh Brolin. Sure. It's a little short, but I get it. Okay. Yeah. And he's a Josh, too, so that's good. So we right can just there. work right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go off the basics. You know, I've had... A, there's been people that are like, we should do your documentary. We should... If you ever want someone to write a Queen's book, and I just feel like I've already shared too much here today. It's right. Like I, there's so much stuff I want to keep... And, and it also feels like I haven't lived enough yet for all that. You know, I, I, there's so much more living to do. I probably only got You're like, years what do you now. have in mind? <laughs> <laughs> what are you planning, Foss? Uh, this is a separate question. Why? What would be yours? It's actually a really, really tough question. Mine would be about self-acceptance and about thinking I couldn't i thinking i had to be a satellite and just and then like the main planet mostly dave being like i don't like rejecting the thing in so many words and then me having to go like okay yeah fuck all right let me okay let but me it'd be played by dave Chappelle. It'd of be, course it has, be be, you. it has to be yeah it has to be um <laughs> What do you think of the Metallica documentary? I would never show anything like that. That's for sure. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I, I and, and plus my thing is so far from that. I, I, when I, when I saw that in all honesty, I was like, I can't believe you're showing this. Uh, yeah. I'm thankful. Yeah. I was just like, <clears throat> I know it's all, it's all like, oh, yeah, it's all like, <laughs> Oh, don't show that. Well, don't even stay at the Ritz. Well, perhaps, perhaps it takes, it took quite a bit of guts to show that. Yeah. You know? uh, well, I, Totally I mean, agree. I'm just realizing that right now. It's just like, perhaps it takes quite a bit. I, I think it, in terms of being a demystifier, you've got it. You know. Yes, exhibit A. <laughs> exhibit know, I, A through Z. And, and I think I always, you know, my as I said, my romanticizing of what this process of what I get to do, um, looking behind the curtain that way, it's not my favorite look. You know, um, because... Uh, that may have happened, but really, is that where we're show? You know, is that what we're showing? Is that helping the mystique or the 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 not even the mystique? Is it helping? Well, there's people's experience of this. There thing is we something make. about music that you kind of look up to it like this and see it. I mean, even when you're on there on stage, you kind of go like this. Yeah, and I think that very much made it like like this. Yeah, and I'm not sure if we were supposed to be on the same level. And no, I totally agree. You know, that's think, what's so incredible about I, it. I, you know, it's also why I didn't play during the pandemic from my fucking living room because that's just not what I have to to give. You know, meaning like I, I that's turn the not, lights off. Yeah, and I turn the music up so you can conspire about how to be yourself, and I won't tell you what to do. 
You know, that's what Queens has to offer, willful stupidity and a place where someone doesn't say, don't, you know what you should do? I don't tell you who to vote for. I don't fucking care. You know, I, I, what I'm interested in is creating moments where we're in the moment together, you know, and where someone doesn't tell you who to be. You know? Yeah. That's what I'm after. And, um, and I don't want to demystify that. Those nights like that, they're valuable, yeah. you know? That's it. Like I say, only now I'm like, yeah, maybe that was kind of brave, but uh, no thanks. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's the thing. Certain people, revelation's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>